Welcome to the Humanize IT Podcast, and we're here for quarter four. Are we there yet? We have Lori Fraser back on, and we're gonna talk about the more positive notes that came out in quarter four. And just like how we started this year with a beer, I'm I'm gonna go and slip into Coke this time because I'm now in uh, anti-alcoholic mode. So welcome back, Lori, and I really loved last time's conversation, and I want to talk more about how things are looking up and what what you're seeing in quarter four for your businesses. Well, thank you for having me back again. It was a pleasure. So what what are you seeing? Like, are is is the phone dead? Are clients not coming in? Is it does the sky is falling? What's going on? The phone is ringing. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's a good thing. Uh, you know, I think again, like you know, the last episode, I talked a lot about consumer confidence, and and I think you know we saw a dip, and of course, going into an election year, that's always you know really controversial, and of course, consumer confidence usually dips again with elections, and and we kind of saw the opposite with that. We saw that when the DHMs were lifted, and that people were starting to go back to work, that our phone was ringing because people are creatures of habit, and they want to do what they're used to doing, and so they mm-hmm. were used to having food brought in. So they were calling us to bring food back in. So that's been a a very uplifting and and positive thing. And even with the current DHM with our mayor here in fourth quarter, that really hasn't hurt us too bad. We were already planning to have a a slower December. We knew Christmas parties probably weren't going to happen because people were choosing not to do them or to delay them into next year. So we didn't have it on the books. We didn't push it too hard. We pushed some other revenue streams that um, we knew would sustain us a little bit longer but the phones are ringing. So every day the calendar gets full. Um, we look at next week and we go, oh, no, we only have you know, 17 jobs for the week. And then by the time Monday hits, it's like, oh, well, now that's 32 jobs or whatever the number might be. So, so the phone is ringing and I, and people are, you know, getting back into the the routine of things. They, I think they want that stability, that familiarization back again. And uh, of course it's, it's uh, affecting us in a very positive way. <laughs> yeah. And I was joking around with one of my friends a couple of days ago about the reason why we had a toilet paper shortage was because so many people had to start cooking for themselves. Yes. And they were preparing <laughs> to pay the piper. <laughs> And that was that was the running joke there for a while. So I appreciate the people in the food industry and keeping all those people who don't know how to cook well fed and happy. And now they're coming back and going, okay, this is what real food tastes like again. Because if you haven't had Lori's food, it's fantastic. It's so, very good. Yeah, I I, I eat it. <laughs> and I I am I love cooking my own food. I'm my own chef at home. I cook dinner almost every night. But if I can, I usually go out and grab, uh, grab some, I love your catering. I love what you bring to the table. So whenever I smell it downstairs in my building, I'm always like, oh, I'm freaking sneak down there and steal some. Yeah. So <laughs> what I, what I loved about quarter four is like, there was this doom and gloom coming into quarter four of like how many of my friends' businesses are going to close. So given um, the government stimulus and the government intervention, people are like, okay, when's my next, when's my next injection? But as you and I were talking about, can you really depend on government assistance to help you get through these things, or do you need to rely on yourself? 
You, you know, you need to rely on yourself. When the PPP or PPE came out in the spring, we were we were pretty excited about it. We thought oh, this is going to save us. This is really going to help so many small businesses. And then what happened is we were told we had to bring our people on when we didn't have any work. I, I can't have an event over 10 people. I don't need a staff of 10 hanging around. You only can clean the bathroom so many times in a day. <laughs> so... You know, we looked at that and we said, well, that's great that we can afford to pay them. However, we don't have the work. So we and a lot of my colleagues chose to default on the forgivable part of that loan and take it as cash flow and put our people back on like part time where they could at least take advantage of the CARES Act through unemployment. And, and that actually worked out so much better for our employees and, and owners because we were eligible as well. And with that extra 600 a week, you know, my staff was doing pretty darn good. So we were able to, to do that and keep them off payroll for as long as we possibly could. Um, and then, of course, when unemployment ran out and the CARES Act expired, you know, we, we had to bring them back on. But we had the cash flow and we had the work at that point. So, you know, I guess in my mind, I was really rosy eyed thinking, Yes, the government will come in and save me. They've shut me down, but they have a responsibility to keep me going because I pay taxes to them and that's how they fund their operation. So they really should love me and, and pay me to stay open. And um, I, they didn't see it that way. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so that was kind of a very frustrating thing because, again, you know, when I mentioned in uh, quarter three, we had that roller coaster that we were on. Well, that was part of our roller coaster is, you know, put the staff back to part time. Oh, yay, bring them back full time. Oh, Oh, wait, put them back on part-time. Oh, yay, bring them back. And that was so unfair to do to them and unfair to do to us. And, and so when we, like I said, decided to just use the PPE for cash flow, we just said we will not do that to our staff ever, ever, ever again, because they are such great people. And they've been with us through so much that you know, we just, we couldn't do that. Um, when the stimulus came out, we were pretty excited. And I sat here on the computer and the minute it opened, I filled it out. We got it. Uh, I think I mentioned that um, our other location, Countryside Stand, we bought that March 1st. So we were not eligible for the first two rounds of that stabilization grant money, but we were eligible for the third. And we were guided by the state of Nebraska uh, because we didn't have the 941N to not submit it and write in our narrative that we didn't have that because we didn't include payroll in quarter one because we bought it in March. And um, we were declined because we didn't upload a 941N which works me because all decisions are final. Well, yeah. So, you know, again, I mean, I did my due diligence. I called in, I filled out the paperwork. I talked to my CFO, Echo Bell. She talked to Tony Goins. I mean, we talked to all the people to make the best decision. And then the government told me something wrong. <laughs> and I did it and I didn't get the money. So, you know, we, we had some dreams and hopes, you know, you want me to get a taco truck. If I had received that money for the ham store, I would have been a little bit more aggressive in that search because that was that, money I could have used for that because we're a debt-free company. So that was a gift for us to be able to invest in our future. And we didn't get that gift. So the government does not want you to have tacos, Adam. It's just no! Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Viva la revolution! <laughs> <laughs> no, so, you know, and that's, I think that's a really great way of uh, looking at how entrepreneurship works. We are not looking for handouts, but we will use every tool at our disposal to help our clients, help our staff, and to move forward. You know, we are we are clever creatures and we will we will do what it takes. And you know what? We'll we'll get angry because that happens a lot in entrepreneurship where you didn't fill out one form. You didn't you didn't hand in one receipt and now everything goes to crap. And that's just 
that's on us though. We can't blame other people. We said to say, okay, well next time I know not to, not to do this. And so that's entrepreneurship. That's just, that's the world we live in. And we choose this life, Lori. We choose this life. <laughs> <laughs> we are crazy. We are. We are. And, you know, I often have said, like, since starting my own company, that I found my people, a bunch of really weird people I don't fit in because we like to think outside the box. We like to be creative. We like to go with the flow. And this year has really tested our mettle. And, uh, you know, I talk about how in the IT world, we love triage. It's kind of who we are. And so this whole this whole year has been been around like, okay, what next? And you think something's gonna work and it doesn't. You think you're gonna get government assistance and you don't. And then you do get government assistance, and you're like, yay, that's gravy. This is awesome. I have extra money to work with. Okay, now how do I spend this wisely? And it may not be the way the government wants me to spend it. And I'm happy to pay the penalty because it'll help my staff and it'll help my, my, uh, my clients to have a better experience. Well, it's being an intentional. Yeah, being intentional. Being very intentional about that. You know, I think that's probably one of the most important things we can take away from this is, you know, you you have these parameters, you have uh, all these things that are coming at you. And so you look at it and, and what makes sense. And, you know, you never would have built come March, you wouldn't have built a business model around this. You know, nobody would have done that, right? Because we didn't know it. But as an entrepreneur, as just a normal, you know, business executive, this is what we do. We, we, we look at what's in front of us and we, we try to be very intentional and we focus on the goals. I uh, like what you said, Lori, there about how you were taking care of your employees because that was what's important to you. I mean, that's a priority in your organization. And so by, um, you know, addressing that priority, you're staying on track. You're, you're staying consistent with your plans. Even though the world is going crazy, uh, you know, you are still doing one of your core values, you know, and that's taking care of your employees. So I think sometimes we just have to look at it from a slightly different perspective and what's really important and what are we still really working on. Yep. Yeah, and, you know, with with our stories that we tell in Humanize IT, like we, we had a crappy year this year, but it wasn't as bad as it could have been. You know, we're ending the year. We're, we're still have clients. We had clients have really great years. We had some clients that had poor years. And for the most part, like we were expecting it to be a lot worse in a technology industry as we're considered a service industry that people would cut us off, but they didn't. And we've have a number of clients, as I said earlier, like that had record years. We had some who just stabilized through the year and some that were like, ugh, this year kind of sucked. But for the most part, people had an okay year in the technology sector. It wasn't as bad for us as it was for the hospitality industry. And so, <clears throat> but what I've, I've loved watching is just like the creativity. I say, I mentioned this in the last podcast, is the creativity. The more stress I saw a business under and as an entrepreneur under, the more clever I saw them get. And how do we adapt to this? How do I help my employees? I know Skip and I would sit there and go, okay, how do we deal with the PPP dollars? And how can we stretch it out and help the business and, and do things the appropriate way? And you really had, there's no book on this. There was no like, hey, let me Google the answer to this question. It was, uh, um, how do I take care of myself, my, my employees and my business? And I think you 
You talked about this earlier on. Well, we we're not on the podcast, but water. Tell me a little bit more about watering your own lawn and what does that mean? Okay, so I think you know, we can always become guilty. I mean, one of my jobs in the company, you know, I do all the sales and marketing, and I'm always looking at things in the industry. I'm looking at what my competitors are doing. I have to know what my competition is doing. I, I have to, um, whether that's an obsession or something that um, should just be done. I don't really care. Market analysis. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that's a big part of my job is looking to see what other people are doing. And, and I tend to fall into that mindset of, oh my God, they're doing something so cool. And how come I didn't think of it? I should do that. Or, wow, their sales seem to be higher in this. And how come I failed? And so I take a lot of that to heart because my job in the company is to make the phone ring. That's my job. And when the phone rings, my business partner, Chad, is the one that takes those calls, works with our clientele, puts together what they need. And he's my director of operations. So then he puts the ball in motion. And then the kitchen makes the food that gets out to the client. So we have like a clear thing. So when the phone's not ringing or I look at what a client's doing and I didn't think of it first, I have that little rain cloud effect on myself. And I always am looking at, well, the grass is greener. And I just really had to change that outlook to start watering my own grass. So I actually um, snoozed a couple of my competitors for 30 days um, just because I knew I had the option to go out there and look if I wanted, but I didn't want them in my feet. I just, I needed to really focus on myself. And I just found that that's been really, really beneficial for us. One of the things that we did with watering on gr our own grass was Countryside Salmon Cafe. When we took that over March 1st and then got shut down two weeks later, you know, we bought a 34-year-old business that had a history in Lincoln. And it was known for ham, um, but it was a tired and sad menu. I mean, there were some good things, but it was, it was tired. The building was tired. Everything was tired. So... You really, we had a gift, I will say, of time of being slow. <laughs> uh, I never want that gift again. But um, <laughs> that gift of being slow, where we get our contractor in and our designer to actually remodel the whole interior. And we had that gift of time of being slow to do a lot of research and development on menu creation. So one of the things I'm most proud of in, in fourth quarter is that the little ham store that we bought as a little side gig um, is holding its own. And it's actually bringing in a little bit more money than it did from the previous owners on a month by month basis and we're in COVID. So I think that's been yeah. just an exceptional thing that we've been able to do to rise up with a brand new business um, that was supposed to just kind of be on snooze, hire a GM, let it go, that we had to be really hands-on and we were able to create something really unique and different. There's a food blogger coming through town and he put a feel out of where he needed to go. And it was all the standard players. And he said, I'm looking for something unique. And I said, well, have you ever been to a store that just sells ham? everything ham and pork related. And he said, no. And so of course, you know, I always believe you sell the sizzle, sell the sizzle. So it's not just like come to my ham store. I sell ham. It's about, Hey, have you had, you know, this sandwich called the Balboa? This is what's on it. It's artichoke hearts and it's pepperoncinis and it's, you know, a little Dijonese and blah, 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 with our feature ham on it. Have you had hog pen nachos, which is our pulled pork with mac? I mean, you sell the sizzle. So I think in fourth quarter, that watering our own grass has really come to fruition because we've put together something really solid that we can communicate to our clients and communicate to other people that you might never have heard of us. If you're younger, you don't know Country Slice Family Cafe. It's where your grandma and your mom got the ham. You probably have not experienced it mm -hmm. yet. And that's okay. But I want you to come in and try these really unique and different things that you can't get anywhere else. So water your own grass. 
over here yeah. at catering, we did a lot of things that other people were doing. We all jumped on the family meal bandwagon. We had to. But again, we looked for some different revenue streams to water our own grass. So we picked up on some trends that were hitting the coast that haven't hit here yet, like our stuffed cookie boxes. And we're going to be launching birthday box, anniversary box, all different kinds of things you can pick up and deliver to someone's doorstep and, you know, celebrate a milestone with them um, being safe, of course. Um, but again, it's watering my own grass. Yeah. And I, I've talked about that with the technology industry is that when we know, we know that successful technology firms, we see that Apple does not compete with anybody. Yeah. That's their thing. And it doesn't matter because they're, they're designing something that meets their clients. They're taking care of their clients. They're taking care of their home base and they're staying in their vertical. And I love it when people like yourself tell these stories about, you know, don't compete. If you compete, you're always going to be a step behind. But if you take care of your clients, if you do more market analysis, like, hey, what would you guys like to see? Or, hey, I can do something really interesting for you. Um, and you teach your clients and you work with them and meet their expectations and exceed their expectations, now you're doing something. And I think we see it too much in mature industries where we try to hit KPIs, we try to hit um, ROI and, okay, if you're doing this much business, then you need to be doing this. If you have, if you're in this location, then you need to be doing these 10 things. We love reading our lists and our books about how to do a process, but I love hearing about people say, hey, who are my clients and what do they care about? You know, maybe my clients were the grandmas and stuff. Well, maybe now I need to teach this new generation of clients, hey, come here to have that home-cooked feel, to have that grandma come back into your kitchen that you miss. Like, so let's let's reach out to our clients. I'm not competing with the person next to me or down the street. I am taking care of my client base. And that is what I love to hear about this stuff because some people love you, some people don't. And keeping those people that love you well-fed and then that wins over because when somebody sees that amazing sandwich, like, where'd you get that from? And now that person who didn't know you now is like, I'm going to go get myself one of those. And, well, uh, the, and Adam, uh, you know, so many of our clients, uh, we hear it so often, they say, well, I'm kind of unique. You know, they, they say, uh, you know, our market is, is really unique. And I hear that from so many different small businesses. And the, the fact of the matter is they're right. They are unique and their marketplaces are unique. And we get together then and we try to implement a business geared towards a client that is not unique. And I don't know why we go down that route. So, you know, we need to embrace our uniqueness. Uh, so, you know, if, if you're weird, go for it, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and yeah, take, take that on. Don't, don't try to, you know, water someone else's grass. Yeah. I think, um, that is, that's an excellent way to put it because we have people who just, they treat their clients, they treat their end users like they're this cookie cutter. Yeah. And they don't look at that person and see there's a story behind that person. There is that business there, like there are blood, sweat, and tears poured into that business. How do I take care of them? Instead, we think, okay, well, they are in this sector. They've got 15 employees, so therefore, they should be on a $2,500 a month contract, and I should see this kind of business out of them. Repeat, And we treat them like this number from this spreadsheet 
rather than going over and saying, hey, you know, how is your year going? I think Skip and I have talked about lessons learned where you just start off a conversation with, hey, how are things going for you this year? What's going well? What's not going well? Is there anything I can do to help you be better? And this is three loving questions to your employees, your clients, fellow businesses that can change things. It could maybe create a business opportunity for you, or maybe it creates an opportunity for you to help them. But you're not being invasive. You're just learning and, and showing you care. And I guess the biggest part of this 2020 year has been like watching people care for each other and seeing how we've reached out and really thought about our businesses and who we are. So I would agree with that. You know, one of the things that we really worked on, you know, especially, you know, trying to be unique. And we recognize that our clientele at Country Slice Town and Cafe is, is definitely older. I mean, it definitely is older. We, of course, are going to be moving into the younger market and have made some great strides. But we um, we were interviewed by uh, the news over Thanksgiving. One of the uh, quotes they picked up on um, was from me. And they asked kind of, you know, what our theory was or our feelings about ham and Thanksgiving and this holiday is a pair, you know, compared to others. And you know, I said, this is the ham your grandmother put on her table, proudly. And this is the ham that your mother probably put on her table. And now it's the ham that you're going to feed your children. Nice. So we've really been working with a communication message through digital channels about nostalgia, really using like, you know, imagery from the 1930s to the 1970s, you know, of these moms in their aprons and all these kids with smiling, cute little washed faces, you know, getting ready to eat their ham and really trying to tell people, you know, especially now, I think when everyone is grasping, grasping for a sense of normalcy that we just don't have. Um, and some are rebelling and taking it back anyway. But I think people really are missing the tradition that they maybe took for granted. And so doing that play with them to kind of pull out those memories of, you know, your table can still have this great thing on it with your family, um, you know, of course, through me and buy my food, but, you know, really trying to help people understand that, you know, what's tradition and what's nostalgia and, and you know, you can still have that right now. And of course, we're using it all through technology. <laughs> yeah, I, and I, I think there is that little piece of nostalgia. People, when you get under stress, you crave going home. You yeah. crave mm -hmm. um, something normal. And maybe it's just that that one home-cooked meal that fills your belly. And, you know, in the back of our minds, as a kid, you may remember your mom doing all this work when in the actuality, she had just bought this, this spiral-cut ham and brought it <laughs> home and popped it in the oven. And you're killing yourself trying to do all this stuff. Yes. Trying to make these special memories and trying to, like, build this thing up when when in reality you can do it much easier. You can have this nostalgia without all the work. And this is the part of, of the world that we need to really focus on is that, is that working together and giving an experience is important. Now, how you get to the experience is going to be different for each person, how you got to that successful meal, how you got to that successful company is, is unique. But the, the end result is being together as a family, being together as a business, and doing something great together. And that's the way I want to remember 2020. I want us to see, like, there was this mess that happened on the back end. And, you know, like, 20 years from now, we're going to remember back and, like, remember back when. And we're going to remember the positives. We're going to remember the end result, that ham on the table. But that 
all the cooking that Lori did in the background, all of the stuff like that, the magic that happened was all in the background. But in the end, you know, we all ended up together. We all ended up supporting each other and we made something great of it. And I would almost liken that. I, I always say, you know, certain things remind me of an Amish barn raising. I am not Amish. I have never raised a barn. But I know in the Amish community, when you have to have your barn built, the entire community comes and they put that barn together and all the women cook the food. And I mean, it is the entire community that gets that barn raised. And that's how I feel about Lincoln, Nebraska, when we have times of trouble. I feel like it's an Amish barn raising. When we have the October snowstorm of 97, which really <laughs> dates me, and the entire city shut down, it was an Amish barn raising because because neighbors came out to help clear streets and to help people get their cars moved and to get groceries to people. And I feel like 2020, to a certain extent, um, you know, first of all, I think we all sheltered in with our selfishness of, oh my God, how am I going to make this work and keep my business going? But then I think we had that flip in around uh, the beginning of third quarter where we became an Amish community and a barn raising. And we realized that if we help each other, a rising tide is going to raise all ships. I'm full of all these little things today that, you know, they're so generic, but um, it just, I mean, it really, you know, we're going to be a stronger community on the other side of this because we're going to come together like the Amish and we're going to raise up the whole community. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that is the beauty of the stress. And I, I mean, that's, that's Nebraska in general. It's like, we are, yeah. we are nice. pioneers. <laughs> we are people like when I started seeing like second, third quarter, we started reaching out to each other proactively, mm -hmm. you know, to our, to our nursing friends, to our entrepreneur friends. How are you doing? Is there a way I can take care of you today? And what can I do? You know, I've had, I've had lawn beers with friends who were, were social distancing, you know, where we sat on the lawn, it was a hard, hard day. And, you know, they're sitting in their lawn chair over there. I'm over here and we're having a beer together outside, socially distant, but we're yep. caring for each other. And yep. those kinds of things I really missed. And we talked about that in an earlier podcast. I think it was one of the tales from around the world where people were starting to connect again. We were not taking for granted the human relationships. And then amongst us small businesses intertwining and saying, how can I care for you today? Uh, and I'll do it the best way I can. Water your own lawn, but at the same time, look it over and say, if somebody else's lawn's dying, maybe, maybe give them a little support. And so- Call a little weed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Lori, I thank you for coming on for quarter four. This has been a great two conversations. I am so looking forward to 2021 and what it's gonna bring. And man, what are we gonna adapt to next? Something amazing. Amazing stuff. So thank you, Lori, and I'll hope to have you on again. Thank you so much for having me. You guys have a great day. Thank you. Here at Humanize IT, we like to support small businesses. If you want to support companies like Lori's, feel free to check out Lori's Doorstep Diner for your catering needs or Country Sliced Ham for just a general 
smorgasbord of ham-based food. Support small businesses, feed your family, and be well.